Hello, and welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas into what it means to live as a follower of Jesus in the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Welcome to the Future Christian Podcast. My name is Lauren Richmond Jr. Today I'm pleased to be joined by The Many. The Many is a liturgically grounded new kind of worship band, an intentionally diverse collective creating music for people who want to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with a God who so loves the world. With a sound that resonates with gospel, pop, and folk, the many's feet on the ground, hardened hands, scars revealed, wild and holy music of resistance and hope have made them over the last five years a significant creative voice in the movement for inclusion, anti-racism, and justice building within the church and beyond. With lyrics born from scriptures, from headlines, and from their own experiences, the songs of the many draw from the diversity of their three lead singers— the soulful sincerity of Darren Calhoun, the gospel-soaked roots of Leslie Michelle, and the pure emotional indie pop of Hannah Rand. Their song, All Belong Here, has become a favorite communion anthem for a wide range of faith communities around the world. And their two main songwriters, Hannah Rand and Lenora Rand, were recently named by the Center for Congregational Song as two of the top 25 women songwriters you should know. The many grew out of the Worship Renewal Group, the Plural Guild, a cooperative of musicians, writers, artists, poets, pastors, and theologians developing creative resources for the church. Now, due to length, we're going to split this episode up into two episodes, so be sure and subscribe if you're not already a subscriber to make sure you catch the second half of this interview when it's released next week. Let me read Let me read their bios real quick. Uh, Hannah Rand is the main songwriter and one of the lead singers in The Many. Uh, an ASCAP award-winning graduate of the songwriting program at Belmont University. At 17, Hannah won a Grammy Foundation contest with her song, Start Over, and most recently, her song, All Belong Here, was chosen to be included in the Hymn Society of America's collection, Songs for Holy Other, Hymns Affirming the LGBT. See, I struggle with that. LGBTQIA plus community. She also writes music for solo performances as well as for TV and film. Darren Calhoun is the Associate Fellow with Christians for Social Action and a worship leader at Chicago's Urban Village Church as well as for conferences like Q Christian Fellowship and the Reformation Project. He's also a sought-after speaker and worship leader, blogger, and activist working to help communities and churches become more inclusive of diversity of people and expressions and as an authentic reflection of love and justice. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm struggling with Leslie... I'm I'm getting the Z too much. I'm sorry about that. If that's say it for me again, your name? Leslie. Leslie. Okay. Getting too much Z in there. Uh she is an uh classically trained musician, steeped in music that has grown out of the black American experience and has performed as a solo artist all over the world. She has also helped She also has a strong theater background and has dedicated herself to creating performances that help bring about the healing and restoration of the world. She was recently a feature performer in 1619, The Journey of a People, 
a musical theater piece about the story, struggles, and heroes of America's African sons and daughters. And last but not least, Lenora Rand is a writer, the lyricist for the many, and one of the co-founders and liturgy creators for the Plural Guild. Her blog, Spiritual Suckitude, has been featured on the Chicago Tribune's blogging platform, and she's a regular contributor to Red Letter Christians. Lenora runs Small Good, a branding marketing consultancy. Oh, we might have to talk after this, Lenora, uh, for positive impact organizations. <laughs> well, uh, that's a lot there. Anything else you want our listeners to know about y'all? That's so much. How much more could they possibly want to know? <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> that we love new friends. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, invite. Uh, I invite you to share kind of as you're willing to uh, kind of talk about your journey of faith. You you know if you want to do so individually or collectively, whatever works. Sure. Uh, you want you. Want, I'm 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 the oldest in the group. Maybe I'll start real quick. Um, my uh, dad who is still living, still living actually is a, was a Southern Baptist preacher. And I grew up, you know, going to sort of conservative Southern Baptist churches and that sort of thing. And, uh, but really started asking questions at a very young age. So you can imagine how fun that was around my house. Um, and really continued, um, kind of really, trying to figure things out and uh, figure out how sort of love and justice come into play uh, within the church. And I would say that's kind of been my continual life journey, Uh, not really doing the Southern Baptist Church thing for a long, long time, probably since I was 17. Uh, When I went to college, I started going to a Presbyterian church, and uh, my dad thought I had gone off the rails pretty much, you know. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the, um, the ability to question things was really important growing up as well as, as an adult and to sort of open myself up to, um, what I had been told, but also to sort of journey into that thing myself and, um, my blog that I started a while ago called Spiritual Suckitude was really for people who are trying to be spiritual but not very good at it because that's kind of how I've interpreted myself as somebody who, you know, is really trying to figure out what it means to be a spiritual person in the world today and what does it mean to follow Jesus in the world today and knowing that there really aren't clear-cut and easy answers to any of that. So that's a little bit about my faith journey. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, let's go. Hannah, how about you? Yeah. Well, I um, am the daughter of Lenora, if anybody didn't know. Oh, I did and, not know um, that. I, my dad, when I was like 10, I think, got a job at LaSalle Street Church, and he was their sort of like worship um, and the arts um, pastor. And so basically, I, was, I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, was at church way more than I wanted to be. But um, I really... The church that we ended up we were we went to LaSalle was such a like progressive and justice focused church and um so growing up I thought that's what all churches were like and had um then I went to college <laughs> and I went to college and I was trying to find a church there and I went to I think like six churches 
um, in my freshman year. And every single one, I was like, this is not like my other church at all. And I, it's just a lot of, um, it, we, we weren't confronting the same issues that LaSalle was confronting. Just like, it just seemed like we were coming saying glory to God and then leaving. And, um, it was hard for me because, you know, like I was my freshman year of college and I, you know, it wasn't easy. That wasn't easy. And, and I didn't feel like anybody was like talking about how sometimes things aren't easy. Um, and so, um, so it was just interesting to me that that's been my journey really is just like realizing that not everyone had it as good as I had it. Um, and I'm, you know, and so, yeah. That's, you know, it's funny you say that. I remember, um, it was shortly after college, I was introduced to a, uh, a church in my denomination I'm a part of now in another state. And then I moved to where I am now in Colorado and went to these same denominational congregations expecting it to be the same. And I was sorely surprised, <laughs> you know, different cultures yeah. and different, uh, different values. So, uh, Leslie, I'm, I'm still getting the S wrong. Leslie, uh, how about you? Yeah. Um, I'm very encouraged. My journey has been a rich, uh, journey with, uh, lots of beautiful meandering roads and sometimes those roads had some thorns and thickets. I grew up um, uh, in church. My earliest memories are in church. My um, uh, The particular Pentecostal uh, denomination I was a part of is called the Church of God in Christ and my uncle was the pastor of the church. Uh, honestly, a good portion of my uncles are pastors. Um, uh, my grandmother was the, uh, uh, you know, she ran the missionary board and was a part of the uh, National Women's Department. So she was traveling all over the country, and my father is currently a pastor of uh, two churches. And so <clears throat> I, uh, I really was immersed in um, the world of church and the ideas of church. I. And even just uh, learning about life through the lens of um, of my parents, uh, I was uh, very sheltered, and that's okay, you know. <laughs> I re- I have a, a very vivid memory. Um, my family, there was no alcohol in our home. There was no cigarettes, no uh, cursing. Um, my earliest memories is, was my mother wearing only dresses, you know, and the church evolved so that my parents. And so I remember this funny memory of uh, I'd never seen a beer bottle before. I was over at aunt's house and we all gathered around it like it was an alien little <laughs> ship. <laughs> it was just like, oh, my God, yeah. what is that? But um, moving on. Um, as time moved on, I started uh, br- branching out, and I, I was a part of a non-denominational ministry that introduced me to new ways of uh, engaging with God. And then I uh, attended uh, North Park University, and I was a music and worship uh, major. And that was really what I would say was when my journey really went inward and I started asking a lot of questions um I call it my uh 
journey of reimagining Jesus. And so uh, that just burst the doors wide open in terms of uh, the ways in which I was um, limiting God in my life and that of others. And uh, I have this uh, quote that I have right now on my wall I'm looking at that really summarizes what I, uh, the metamorphosis of my faith. And that is uh, judgment stops the ability to explore. And so um, I really just kind of let go of, uh, and I'm really seeing, I'm not perfect at letting go of judgment. Uh, We have personal biases that we're uncovering daily, but I, I love the place that I'm in because I'm in a place where I uh, can receive far more people and ideas and experiences in my life. And I do believe that that is God. Love it. Love it. Thanks for sharing. Darren, how about you? Yeah. Um, my story goes all over. Um, my, my church experience starts before I was in an, inside of an institutional church. So I feel like we all have a certain kind of spiritual ancestry from what we get from our parents and our families of origin. Um, and so my earliest memories were just my family, you know, teaching me that Jesus exists and that God loves me and, and that we pray. But, uh, it wasn't until, um, probably sixth or seventh grade when I elected to start going to church with my mom, who was starting to attend a Catholic church, um, got involved there with with the youth group, all that, all that good stuff, planning shut-ins and lock-ins and, uh, and, and, and retreats like out-of-state retreats. Um, and then by the time I got to college, uh, I ended up um, having a few really important experiences. Um, on the one hand, I was, again, this kind of person who was always a- active in things. Um, and on the other hand, um, I came out uh, as gay during that time. Um, and very shortly after that, uh, had this born-again Christian experience where I stopped identifying as gay. And um, that part of that experience ended up, uh, I ended up co-launching a campus ministry and becoming part of this non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecostal type of church. And uh, this is where things get complicated. Uh, on the one hand, I learned things like sound and audio production. I learned uh, how to organize and, and um, affect change in my community. But this is also where I was really spiritually abused and and had a um, really horrible 10 years of trying to change my sexual orientation. Um, And so, like, I look back at my college years as both. Yeah, I learned some really great stuff in ministry. Also, I was really harmed in ministry. And they are just two separate worlds that are uh, that are combined. Um, When I did finally leave that church, um, I became part of a large uh, pretty well-known uh, evangelical church. And I spent about nine years there kind of recovering from that previous church experience, but also becoming a vo- more vocal advocate because uh, I ended up having to advocate for myself there because churches have policies that they don't apply to people. They just say, this looks nice on paper. Um, and so that really launched me into doing a lot of what I do today with advocating around around race and LGBTQ inclusion in churches. Um, and from there, I, for the last five years, have been a part of Urban Village, which is a United Methodist church here in Chicago. 
And for the first time, all of my pieces, everything from the advocacy, from the seeking justice and affecting change to the full inclusion as an LGBTQ person, as a person of color in a very white dominant in the U.S. denomination, like all of those pieces came together in ways that are super life-giving and affirming. And for the first time in my, in my spiritual history, I'm surrounded by people who are also on the front lines doing work and affecting change, as opposed to people who just say, I'll pray for you as you go. Um, my church marches in the pride parade when we have things like parades, <laughs> when it's not a pandemic outside. Um, my church shows up, you know, to affect uh, um, uh, jail reform or prison reform, to affect uh, immigration. Like we, we care about things and we have people who care about things and everyone's doing work. It's so great. Imagine a church that does that. So <laughs> all that to say, I have a really wide range of experiences and an appreciation for what's happening in the larger world when it comes to the church and the tensions that exist. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm glad to be a part of making the church better. It's so interesting what you said about all your pieces being able to come together. And I would say an essential part of my beliefs in theology is um, that God's about bringing us wholeness. And I think that's just a beautiful uh, image you're describing of being able to come and be whole. Uh, forgive me if, if you can hear, I don't know, my dogs are going bonkers outside, so it may come up in the audio, it may not. <laughs> I was wondering where that was coming from. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> when it's not the dogs, it's the kids. When it's not the kids, it's the dogs. Some, someone needs attention. That's what we know. <laughs> Give us a spiritual practice. Uh, um Let's just go the same. Uh, let's go the same order for simplicity. Lenora, spiritual practice that you found meaningful or might recommend. Uh, kind of uh, one of probably mine is journaling and writing. Um, for me, it's really been one of those things where I started doing this many many years ago, where I was like just write for fifteen minutes every morning, kind of as a way to get in touch with yourself and with. God and what's going on in the world and all that kind of good stuff and just let what comes come out. And um, for me, as a person who is often writing for other people to see, uh, this kind of became a way for me to just be present and uh, be on paper, but be present. And um, I think that was, that's been really helpful to me. I'm not good at like my mind wanders when I try to meditate or pray. I've got to be honest. I'm just not good. And but when I have a some sort of writing utensil in my hand, I can actually sort of focus and be present and be be there in the way I need to be. So, yeah, I think similar to Lenora, who's also my mom. Um, <laughs> I feel like I find it hard. Like, I know that when I'm in church, sometimes I find it hard to follow um, things that are like, like the sermon or something that is a spoken thing that's, you know, you're sitting and listening for a long time. Um, and something that really, that I've always used is music. I mean, we are a band, so that's <laughs> probably not a surprise. But um, but I know that um, we write a lot of the songs that the bridges are sort of chants that you can sing over and over again and repeat and I know that 
um, sometimes as a spiritual practice, I, I just sort of like repeat those in my head or out loud. Um, because I think that as you keep singing the words, they take on a new meaning almost like you feel like, like sometimes I realize what they're saying when I didn't, I, and then I remember that I didn't really know what they were saying before just by saying them a bunch. So that's something that I do. Um, I would say currently meditation has actually been a game changer for me. Um, being more engaged in how I meditate, when I meditate, and having a consistent, uh, pattern and time of day um and really I have a goal to uh, make that a daily discipline my preference is the morning to help me gather my thoughts uh flush my mind and really just approach the day uh being in the now and uh that has really helped me feel a lot more centered a lot more um alert, a lot calmer. Uh, I've been um, being I've been able to utilize it in moments of anxiety and stress to decompress and uh, release tension. And so it's really been uh, extremely helpful. Um, and also I have a, uh, a spiritual reading regiment uh, that really uh, means a lot to me. Um, yeah, I really do my best to uh, read quite a bit. And so it allows me um, to feel like I'm consistently um, growing and engaging in uh, God's source. And so those are my, I'd say those are the two that stand out uh, to me at the moment. Um, Kind of in the same vein as, as, as Leslie, I've been learning more about just breathing practices and uh, how much that connects to our bodies, our environment. Um, yeah, it's been really interesting for me to see how things like light and sound and breath and all these are connected in some really profound ways. And so for me, when I think about, you know, to get real spiritual real fast, when I think about God breathing the breath of life into us, uh, the pneuma or the spirit of God in us is what animates these piles of, of dust in so many words. It, uh, it really does connect me to something very profound. Um, so, so yeah, I've been thinking about that for a while, but, uh, but putting it into practice is a very new thing for me. Hmm. Well, thanks, for, thanks so much for sharing, y'all. Let's move on to talking about just your band and your work. Is that the right? Should we call you a band, a group? What's your, what's your proper? We are a band. A band, okay. Yeah, we're a band. We're an ensemble because um, we all have our own unique things that we do. Uh, Hannah's got the Hannah Rand band, and I just like to say that because that's also her Instagram. Um, Leslie is is doing these great projects and uh, the theater, and um, is quite the accomplished singer, and has traveled internationally and so forth. Um, Lenora does all these wonderful things where she's writing for us, but she's also writing all kinds of other stuff in the world. 
Um, and I just show up any place people invite me. So, uh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so we, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being a little facetious. Yeah. Uh, but like the things that we do, um, whether it's me, um, you, uh, like I have this real deep appreciation for just technology and, and Hannah and I just go back and forth about the technology we like, which contributes to how we're able to produce the videos that you might see of us or how, uh, different ideas come together. Um, like all of this, we are all individuals who have our own strengths and talents. Gary as well. He's helped me, uh, helped me figure out several of my, my audio pieces. Um, we have our individual strengths and talents, and we also are something special as we come together. So we are not just a, just a band in that we eat together. And we, you know, again, pre-pandemic, we eat together and we have all these things that we do together. But also we have some pretty rich lives apart from when we're singing this, the beautiful music that we make. I would say also that we are a band, yes, but I think a lot of times when you see a band, you're like, oh, we could go to a concert with this band or something like that, but we don't really do that. <laughs> yeah, we don't do concerts. I don't think that... I think we did a concert once, which was great, but what we really enjoy doing is sort of incorporating our music into these liturgies and creating these worship experiences where um, they're almost like interactive experiences. We, when COVID wasn't a thing, we were doing them in person, but we've tried to uh, move them online and we've been doing, um, uh, some people might know, we've been doing these lament together gatherings on Wednesdays on Facebook and YouTube. And they have a bunch of our music in it, um, but they're, they're more than that. They're about um, sharing our laments and sharing these liturgies together um, that incorporate our music into a new experience. And we also do our best to connect, uh, in adding to what Hannah and Darren have said, on our Patreon page. For example, we have monthly gatherings uh, with our beautiful fans. We have uh, a book club. And so um, there are different ways during this time of, of uh, sheltering in place that we've, you know, as a band, we our, our main you know goal initially was to be in the mists, right? Because we are the many, and so we've really been exploring, and we're very encouraged by how well we've been blessed at being able to still be in the mists in these various platforms like Lament Together and Patreon and um, Zoom calls that Darren does faithfully uh, with our fans. You know, I, I one thing that really comes to mind for me is how. The pandemic has really kind of forced us to reimagine what it means to be a gathered body of believers, you know, to use the ecclesiology phrase, if I can. Uh, someone just someone tell me, yeah. kind of describe your music for us, uh, and we'll drop a song here at some point so folks can listen. Uh, describe your music uh, probably better than I can, if someone can do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Um... I write most of the the music parts of it, like the melody and the harmonies, and Lenora uh, writes pretty much all the lyrics. Um, and I grew up writing, I would say, pop ballad type music on the piano. Um, and so when I started writing for The Many, um, I realized that where there's three of us now that each come from these unique musical backgrounds. So I think what I was, I've been trying to do and what I think we have hopefully successfully done is um, put our music into 
um, a combination of genres. So I like to try to um, use influences from pop, from gospel, sometimes from country, but we, you know, and then, um, and put these all together. And then, and so I'm not even sure we have a genre unless somebody else can name one, but, um, but it's just, I, they're all meant to be singable, um, by congregation. So it's not just a solo artist or a band doing a song. It's, it's meant for, um, congregations to sing to people, for people to be able to learn them fast and sing them in the shower, wherever they are. Um, but also feel like they're, um, almost like, like you could hear it on the radio. You know, they're not just like boring is what I strive for. <laughs> Love it. I think, you know, sometimes, um, it's interesting. We laugh about this because sometimes people say people who like, um, praise bands might say, Oh, well, you're a praise band sort of, except with justice stuff that you talk about. And people who hate praise bands might say, Oh, you're nothing like a praise band, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we kind of, we like that. We like the fact that we can't be totally, you know, put in a box because we really are trying to be open to lots of different expressions and lots of different ways of entering into uh, an experience with each other and with God. And I think that's, there's not a musical genre for that uh, exactly. I don't know. Maybe there is that we don't know about, but. Yeah, it, it, it it's an opportunity to to exist and kind of do our own thing. We have a variety of influences, but the the other thing that I love the most about it is that it is so practical and justice informed. Um, sometimes for me, uh, sometimes I see a lot of Christian music that is just valleys and mountains and, and, and hills and, and light. And those are important and those are part of a larger picture, but, where are you know where do you turn when things are hard where do you turn when things um aren't working out and when you have questions and we have doubt and that's kind of like our specialty that's we do the hard stuff we sing we sing about the things that uh one person remarked they've i've never had a worship song that actually mentions the word gun in it yet we're in a world that's constantly affected by guns why aren't we uh, you know addressing that in some kind of way so i appreciate that we we create spaces that don't often exist in many churches i'm curious to that matter like are we limiting and i'm using a big we universal we like american church um are we limiting church or excuse me are we limiting music by saying it only can be for worship because what i see y'all doing in your music is so much for for justice for lamentation for for bringing people together it's not just the quote-unquote sunday morning worship experience per se um is there a way to get how can we how can we help churches and and followers of jesus um I don't know if reimagine is the right word, but broaden their scope of how music can be a part of their faith beyond just, you know, that three songs and then closing song and the Sunday worship experience. 
I guess one thing I would say is I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about so much worship music is about music. So much music in the church is so insider, you know, it's kind of like mountains and valleys and, you know, all that sort of thing. And then words that honestly, you know, a lot of words like most people who don't go to church have no clue what that means. And I think, um, so one of the things we, we try to do is just speak very honestly and not use the usual cliches necessarily about God and life and all those kinds of good things. And I think, and I think the, the reality piece of it, like, I, I guess I was just thinking right now of a song like, uh, tear down the walls. Um, uh, and that's a song that really started out as a part of a worship experience that we were creating and, um, kind of grew out of that. But it's a song that I don't think it mentions God, does it? Uh, I don't, I don't think it does, but it's a very spiritual song that you can really sing in lots of different ways and contexts. It's great in a worship service. It's also great, you know, pretty much any place you sing it, it's, it's very applicable. So I don't, I think partly it's about intention. Like I'm not, I think lyrically, I'm trying to be just honest about what's going on in the world and my experience and the experience really of this collective. And one of the things we haven't talked about is that even though I write the lyrics, it, the lyrics really come out of our life together as a band. They come out of our stories. They come out of our conversations. And so I think that helps it too. You know, I think that takes it out of just the context of, you know, one person's experience of God and, you know, that sort of thing. I love that, Lenora. Um, I was just going to add, uh, first of all, I appreciate what you said, Lenora. And I was just going to add, I think it's also about reassessing, reimagining, and uh, reengaging with what uh, the idea of what holy, holiness is and what uh, the artistic expression as a believer can be. We've limited it in so many ways to music, liturgical dancing. We'll have, um, you know, our, our plays, but really um, expanding in what we can receive as an expression uh, of worship and uh, what we can receive as an expression of who God is in how we worship. For example, um, uh, Lenora already mentioned Tear Down the Walls. But uh, I was in a recently in a in a, a group with women where we were exploring some spiritual practices together, and I was delightfully surprised that there uh, were some artists uh, in the lineup and different uh, mediums that we were engaging in that uh, the the uh, practitioners weren't necessarily and the artists weren't necessarily Christian, um, and. For many, that can be scary because we've been really, really, really inundated with um, only Christians can offer us Christian music and uh, an entryway uh, into who God is. Uh, when the Bible specifically says that the rocks cried out. And so um, imagine I'm, you know, there and I'm sure we've all been touched by songs that the artists weren't necessarily Christian. So why do I bring this up? Because we've set these parameters 
And we've been adhering to these parameters in many of our church spaces for so long. And it's pretty dusty and dank inside. And so... (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Say it how you mean it. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, with grace, with thoughtfulness, with... um, uh, I won't even say trepidation, but what if... What if there are some ways that uh, we can go outside of what we've allowed to be our traditional parameters and find Jesus in the mists? Because Jesus sat with all kinds of groups and folks that didn't proclaim him Lord of all. And there's, uh, I think when we look for the light of Jesus and and where uh, Jesus is, we will find him. But often we're only looking amongst one another and it limits um, the expression of worship that we can experience when uh, we're not willing to go where Jesus is because he's not just sitting in in the pews with us. Mm -hmm. He's everywhere. Boy, she's preaching now. (laughs) We actually have a song called Where Jesus Was that Leslie sings. (laughs) Yes. I am singing it in my head as she's talking. <laughs> but yeah, where Jesus was, like uh, the song says, wherever love goes, that's where Jesus was. And what what if what if Christians in the United States were known because wherever love is, that's, that's where they show up instead of wherever hate is being the thing that we're known for most, according to Pew Research. Well, so, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's a shame, isn't it? I'll I'll have our my editor drop in tear down the walls.
Thanks for joining us on the Future Christian Podcast. The Future Christian Podcast is produced by Torn Curtain Arts in partnership with Resonate Media. To learn more about Lauren or the podcast, visit futurechristian.com. If you've enjoyed the show and you think it would be valuable for others to hear, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That really helps more people find us. Thanks again and go in peace.